Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. I hope you've had a good day. And I wonder if you are dealing in your life with a little or a lot of anxiety. I think more and more people are talking about it. I think since the uh, uh, pandemic, there's been an explosion of people with more anxiety. And it is the topic of our conversation today, anxiety. And my guest is Janita Pace. She is at threeriversmn.com. She is a licensed professional counselor and a member of the National Board of Certified Counselors. She has a BA in Biblical Studies from Columbia International University and a master's degree in school counseling from Western Carolina University. She's an author. She's written a fantastic book. And I I've, I read the book, and right now I it's called The Healing Names of Jesus, Find Freedom from Depression and Anxiety. Janina, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I love your book, by the way. But I know we're not necessarily talking about that today, <laughs> but I'm sure there's things from the book that'll come out, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because, uh, you know, writing that book was therapeutic for me. So yeah. I love using it. Well, the topic is pretty universal. Everyone's got some level of anxiety, um, including yours truly, right? So yeah, and you I, as well? I, definitely. That's a big piece of why I became a counselor is because I struggle with anxiety and depression, and I still do. And so... I'm speaking to myself today as much as everyone else that's listening. Mm -hmm. And I know that there is a difference between what we would call healthy anxiety and harmful anxiety. Would you talk about that? Yeah. You know, I think anxiety gets a bad rap because there are times when I have people come into my office who are, you know, I'm struggling with anxiety. And so then the first thing I have them do is write out their schedule for me. And sometimes I look at it and say, I think, I think your anxiety is actually trying to help you right now. It's trying to stop you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting anxious looking at your schedule, yeah. you know, or they're telling me about life choices they're making. And, and I think their anxiety is actually raising a red flag to try to save them. And so there's times when anxiety is um, helpful, but there are times when anxiety becomes harmful. And you know, what you're looking for with that is when something happens and the response that you have is out of proportion. Um, or if you find yourself looking always at the worst case scenario, um, you know, or if you start to um, be unable to control your worry, you know, maybe you were worried about something, but it just won't let go. And that can lead to physical symptoms too, like fatigue and stomach aches and um, trembling. And so anxiety can have a healthy part of your life. But it can definitely become a negative and spiral and create so much um, distress for you if it's not addressed. Mm, I like that you said that there's healthy anxiety, almost like there's a benefit to uh, certain levels of pain. Mm Because if you had a a tooth that needed repair Mm -hmm. and you would go into the dentist and you would show exactly what tooth hurts, (laughs) right? Right. Because if you didn't have the pain what would you say? Well, just drill them all. (laughs) (laughs) No no one. Just go for it. No one would want that. So, I mean, there is an advantage to pain and clearly people with their schedules and and the amount of stress they have on their plate. It's interesting. You could say, let me look at your schedule and this is unhealthy. This is anxiety Mm -hmm. trying to do you a favor. Yeah. And I still have 
panic attacks. What I've noticed for myself is oftentimes my panic attacks come when I have pushed my body to a limit that it can no longer sustain. And so for years, I spent time telling my doctors, and you know, that, gosh, I need more medication because I'm having these panic attacks. And then one day it occurred to me, maybe actually my body's trying to stop me and make me look at what's going on around me. Mm. But if you're uh, panicked because you're exhausted and then you get in bed and you're too panicked to sleep, then what? Yeah, it's a, it's a terrible cycle. Oh, it has, it would have to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, and, and I have people ask me, you know, Janita, when should I go to counseling for anxiety? And I tell them, if you're asking that question, you should probably go. You're too late, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just go. That ship has sailed. <laughs> right. Yeah, get, get Cause to counseling. Because you don't, you don't even have to have clinical anxiety to still get help from a therapist for how to deal with anxiety because, I mean, the Bible assures us that we all will go through things that are scary. Mm-hmm. Not not a matter of if, just a matter of when. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So when we talk about harmful anxiety, what would be some characteristics of that? And what are we looking for? And how are we going to know the difference if we have a healthy anxiety or a harmful one? I think as you watch your thought process, I think where this journaling can be really effective with this and you watch yourself almost as if you are a third person watching how you're responding to things. And if you're finding that the events around you and your response don't seem to match, um, a silly example that I have, but but a, a real example is I remember when my son Carter wanted to take up guitar and it was his first extracurricular he wanted. So when I was thinking college applications, yes, we got to do this. And I put the appointment on my calendar and I missed it. It was our first appointment. And this is a true story. And um, when I found out we missed it, I panicked. And I said to my husband in one sentence, oh my gosh, we've missed this appointment. And now we've missed it. He probably won't take us as a client because if he doesn't take us as a client, then we won't have guitar for Carter. And if we don't have guitar for Carter, then he won't have extracurriculars. And if he doesn't have extracurriculars, then he won't go to college. And he doesn't go to college and he's going to have a job. And then he's going to live in our basement and we're never going to be able to retire. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So... And then by the end, we're all dead and it's just terrible. So it's a silly example, but it's an example of how the train train leaves the station and I'm having a full-blown panic attack only to find out that the guitar teacher called me back and said, hey, no worries, it happens. Just come tomorrow. Yeah. I think we call that awfulizing where (laughs) you project into the future, you create a scenario Mm -hmm. that may or may not ever happen and then you insert it into your head as if it's a present reality. Exactly. Yeah. And Which is nuts. Right. And yeah. unfortunately, I have had the viewpoint that at least if I'm prepared for the worse, then I'm always prepared. But that's a lot of work, preparing for the worst mm. all the time. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. That's why I'm... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're not alone. How do we get away from being the, those people? Well, that's, those people, those, you know what I'm talking about? No, well, I know those people. my husband doesn't let me buy our insurance anymore because I buy insurance for things that we will, you know, like Janita, why'd you buy floodplain insurance? We're not on a floodplain. Exactly. Well, well, you never know. You never know. <laughs> well, and that's part of, you know, what we could talk about today is how to even use um, concepts from the Bible to bring comfort and healing. Unfortunately, I think well-meaning people tend to misuse the Bible to actually fuel shame for anxiety. What, do you, what does that mean? You know, I've had people tell me they tried to share they were anxious and other Christians said, well, don't be afraid. But in that tone, like, don't be afraid, but by everything, by prayer and petition, you know, present your request to God. But, you know, when my child, when Carter was young and he was scared, 
and I went into his room, I said it like, honey, don't be afraid. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm here. And that's the tone that God uses. And I love that he himself has been afraid. You know, we look at Jesus in Luke 22 and he's scared and he's calling out to God and he's telling God, you know, he's telling his father, I'm afraid. I mean, he's sweating blood. I've never had a panic attack like that. Yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. And to give the example to us, that fear is going to be natural in this world because this world is rough. And so I think the first step is we should not be ashamed to talk about being afraid or anxious. I like that. Yeah. And that's a good first step. Uh, Janita Pace is my guest. We're talking about anxiety today. And if that's something you have a question about, your question is welcome. The text line is open, 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. If you just joined us, we're talking about the difference between a healthy anxiety and a harmful anxiety and what to look for and how to know the difference. So this is a good good start because... you talk about your anxiety about your son's guitar lesson and how mm-hmm. that you can take it all the way down the road to him being 42 years old living in your bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a lie. That's yeah. where it went. And, but that's real anxiety. Mm-hmm. It somehow uh, produced a panic attack for you. Yeah. And I think that's that's where that disproportionate response um, But there's also times where I've had very scary things happen. Uh, my my husband has um, a very rare medical disorder, and so we go to Mayo Clinic often. And again, I'm having anxiety about it. And you have to. There's ways that I have worked through training myself to go through those experiences and try to live within it, because there are times when fear is a natural response to what is happening around us. Mm-hmm. And we have to navigate that. Yeah. So when you when you talk about family members and the difficulty that some family members have, mm-hmm. let's say you're a parent and you've got a, a child in the house that's causing a lot of stress for the family and a mm-hmm. lot of stress for the parents, and you you figure out this is creating a lot of anxiety and this child is drawing a lot of oxygen out of the family, right? Mm-hmm. So I wonder how you how you do self soothing, how you try to control your own anxiety mm-hmm. and help the child at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, I working with kids, there are so many parents, and myself included. I think parenting is the highest calling of discipleship that we have. And I think there's anxiety of how do we do this well and how do we do it right? And then when you have additional factors like that, it can make it so hard. I mean, one thing I tell parents is make sure that you have a strong support system around you in order to help you walk through those fears and that anxiety. And then one thing I wanted to talk about today is the name that God uses as a shepherd. Um, Because I think that piece, that picture of us being so scared and not knowing what's going to happen next and having a God who has already seen the path ahead of us. And so, you know, as, as a parent watching my kids struggle, I, it's so hard to wrap my kids up and place them in the arms of a shepherd and say, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. And, and I need that picture of handing them over to God in my, in my cognitions, Mm -hmm. in my heart, in my mind, knowing that there's a limitation into what I can do in order to help my children grow. Sure. 
We'll take a break. Come back. Janita Pace is my guest. You can uh, learn more about her at threeriversmn.com. Threeriversmn.com. And three is spelled out, T-H-R-E-E, riversmn.com. We'll be right back. We would love for you to share your story about why you love Faith Radio and what has Faith Radio changed the way you think about something or even how you live. We want to hear from you. Your story can encourage others and glorify God. Share what you love about Faith Radio by calling 877-933-2484 and leaving a message today. Sit and listen to music. That reduces anxiety, doesn't it? <laughs> that we're talking about anxiety today with Janita Pace. She is here in my studio, and you can learn more about her at threeriversmn.com. Janita, let's get back to anxiety and um, this, you say, my, my story and the lies that drive it. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? You know, I think one of the lies for me that drives anxiety is that the idea that I must keep my life free from suffering. I must find a way in order to safeguard myself from suffering. And which which I think is a natural desire. I mean, who wanted I mean, we don't want to suffer. And so again, there's so many times in my life when my anxiety is just screaming at me that we have to do something in order to save our save myself from pain and suffering. And so I've had to navigate this. You know, Psalm 23 is such a powerful psalm and and it talks about God being our shepherd. And guiding us through um, the valley of death, which how much scarier could you make a valley than the idea that it's dangerous? And at the same time, God talking about being our shepherd and guiding us through it and even calling it the right path, which to me seems opposite. Mm -hmm. So many times in my life, I've questioned God, how can this be the right path while we're in the valley of darkness? I like how he calls himself a shepherd who walks with us. So this isn't a God watching. This is a God choosing to experience with us. And so I think when we suffer, like, you know, when I'm in the waiting room and I don't know if the doctors didn't come out and tell me if my husband's going to be disabled, what happens next? He's in the waiting room scared with me. <laughs> you know, he's, he's sitting with me and he's experiencing it with me. And I, I, I want that. I want a God who chooses to suffer too. Mm-hmm. And so that that helps me a lot to picture that God is actively involved in it daily with me. So I must earn my worth. Yeah. That is a thought that pops into a lot of people's heads. Yeah. And I think another lie is I have to, you know, I have to perform well so that God will be proud of me. And there's this pressure to do well. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to do well. I hear that a lot from clients. And going back to the shepherd idea, um, you know, God calls us sheep. And I looked into sheep for my book and it was just so interesting because sheep are, um, they can't see very far. And so they, they know if there's danger, they won't be able to perceive whatever's out there, if it's dangerous or not. And they have no natural defense mechanism. 
And so when they even think there might be danger, they run and ask questions later because they don't know if it's dangerous. And then when one runs... They all run. They all run. And they might be headed towards a cliff and <laughs> yeah. they might all go off. So you talk about living in anxiety. Yeah. You know, you have no defense mechanism. You can't see very well. And so you just have to run all the time. But, um, and then sheep, if they're injured, they try to hide it because if there's predators watching, the predator will pick out who's ever injured. Mm-hmm. So sheep will try to pretend that they're fine even when they're not. And so what tips the scales of this anxious lifestyle they would have is having a shepherd or having something that protects them that they know is available to them. And one of my favorite pictures, I watched this documentary one time and it showed these great Pyrenees dogs who their whole life, their job was to protect this herd of sheep. And the narrator was explaining that the sheep know these dogs and and they will listen, you know, if the dogs heard them one direction or if, if the sheep hear something, they will move towards the dogs And it was, you know, it's a picture of how we don't know what's dangerous. We don't have any idea what's happening tomorrow, but our shepherd does. And I think when I'm sitting in that waiting room, waiting for the results of my husband's next medical test, I'm putting, I'm putting my anxiety in the fact that Jesus, the shepherd has gone ahead of me and he's already seen what's coming. And in that documentary, it was just, it was, it was just so eye-opening that the the herd that the documentary was following was going through Canada in this wilderness. And the, the, the dogs would keep them away from the woods and would position themselves between the woods and the flock. And they explained so that if a bear or a wolf comes out, they get the dog and not the sheep. Mm-hmm. And so literally putting themselves in physical danger in order to keep everybody safe. And then when the sheep would sleep, the dogs would take turns staying awake so that they were never fully rested, but... If any danger was coming, they wanted to be the ones to get it. And so what a picture that, you know, you know, spiritually we're in this herd and there's three dogs, the father, the son, and the spirit, all determined to spiritually save us. And Jesus being the dog that puts himself between the bear and us and gets ripped apart so we get safe. Mm-hmm. And so a God that is that committed to us, I mean, when we're in the deepest, darkest value, I mean, Valley, he, he won't leave us now. I mean, he's already taken on the bear. He's already been torn to pieces to save us as a flock. And so the picture I keep in my head is that if he's already done that, then he's got to know what's coming in my life. And so the dark valley does not seem like the right direction, like it says in Psalm 23, but I, I put hope in the fact that I cannot keep myself from going through suffering in this world. So as I'm going through it, what does it look like to walk through it with confidence that Jesus is in it with me? And there has to be a purpose for this at some point. It doesn't mean it's easy to say to yourself in it, but it's comforting for me to know that if this this is the savior that had the courage to take on the bear to save me, then he won't leave me now, mm-hmm. you know? Janita Pace is my guest. She's a licensed professional counselor and author. And I love the reference to sheep, Janita, because I think there's a, about 400 references in scripture to us being sheep yeah. and about 100 references, references to God and being the shepherd. Mm-hmm. And you think that horses without a rancher are wild horses, but sheep without a shepherd are dead. Mm, absolutely. Because if there's no shepherd, they will get attacked. Yeah. 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 They have, because they have no natural defense mechanism. Yeah. And like I said, in this documentary, 
the person explaining it was like, these dogs don't think twice. They'll, they'll, they'll put themselves in of course position. They will. They'll just do it. Yeah. And that picture that of course Jesus would, would do it for us. Of course. Just, of course. Yeah. And I'm thinking really, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but there's times where I feel like I have to earn that sacrifice. And it's, what does that of, mean? You know, I've been through times in my life when part of my anxiety was I better be a good Christian. You know, I better make the right choices or something bad's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. I better do the right thing or maybe God will be mad. And how incredible that his gospel is that is not the case at all. You know, I mean, he loves us unconditionally. And and then the idea that, you know, God going before us, even if we suffer, even if it's because we made a bad choice, God does not just stop there. He walks with us through it. So imagine a God who's willing to suffer with us, even when it's a consequence of a choice. I mean, what a God that we have. Yeah. And the fact he will never leave us or forsake us mm-hmm. and he'll walk through that valley. If you're in one right now, we are, are we, we care about you very much. We care about the valley you're in and we know that God is going to be there with you. And sometimes you just need to hear that. Absolutely. And be reminded of it because Absolutely. in the valley, when there's darkness and fog and confusion, your thought might be, where's God in all this? Mm-hmm. Because I don't see him or I don't feel him or I'm not experiencing him right now. Yeah, for sure. And I've been there many times in my life. Yes. Mm-hmm. But what about when you go through some of your own issues that you've done in the past? I know I'm not sharing anything that you haven't shared already on oh, the yeah. show. I'm just going back to some memories I have of a previous interview we did where you had some uh, mental health issues mm-hmm. and you would have people well-intentioned saying, you just need more faith. Yeah. Um, you just got to figure out what to do and Right. And pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And none of that was very helpful. No, no. I mean, and for those that haven't, don't know my story, you know, I had a suicide attempt in 2001, which began the long journey of becoming a therapist. And it was sad how many people would take my mental illness as maybe some sort of spiritual deficit. Mm -hmm. And to realize that, um, you know, Jesus described, he was described as being a man of sorrow. He had a very sad, broken life. And so how powerful that even Jesus understands how deep our sadness can be in this world. And um, that we have a lot to be afraid of, you know, that there's a lot of references to don't be afraid. It's very, very common. And I don't think it's there because it's a disciplinary action. I think it's there because the assumption is we will be afraid. Mm-hmm. Janita Pace is my guest. Uh, you can learn more about her at threeriversmn.com. And if you want to read the Bible together with us this Advent season, we would love for you to do that. You can not only experience uh, hope and joy and peace and the love of Christmas, and you can do it starting the first day of Advent, which is Sunday, November 27th. You can get your free study guide at myfaithradio.com. After a short break, uh, we're going to be back with Janita Pace, and we're talking about anxiety. If you just got in your car, it's been a fascinating discussion, and we're going to continue it. If you have a question or a comment, you can send it over. The text line is open just for you. That number is 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484.
It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time, let's get it started. Jump in your car, what's for dinner? It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Arno. Welcome to the show. If you just joined us, we're talking about anxiety today. I know a lot of people suffer from anxiety, or we all have it. We all, um, we'll find out if our anxiety is healthy or harmful. My guess is Janita Pace, and she is at 3riversmn.com. She's a licensed counselor and author. And some of your stories of anxiety uh, do help us understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you um, really were attracted to counseling as a part of your own anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, so if you would, would you share more about some of your yeah. stories? Because I think, I think personal experience and story is so important. I think that's why Jesus taught in story. And, you know, I, I was thinking, as I was thinking about anxiety and talking about it today, I had a breakthrough about six months ago. My husband and I were at Mayo and he um, was having a procedure done. And again, we didn't know what the results were going to be. And we had all these people that told us, you know, we're going to pray that it's good news. We're going to pray that he's going to get better. And so I was sitting in the waiting room and I was thinking about all those prayers. And suddenly it occurred to me, wait, what happens if it's not what I want? What happens if they come out and tell me there's nothing more we can do and he's going to be disabled or he's going to die younger than, you know, I mean, does that mean God didn't answer my prayer? And so I sat there thinking about it. What does that mean? And I realized um, all my prayers had been about what if, what if it's the worst? I'm just going to have to pray that it won't be the worst. I'm just going to have to pray that the worst doesn't happen. And it, that's when I realized what I should be saying is even if, even if the doctor comes out and says, look, there's nothing more we can do. Even if being able to pray and put my anxiety to rest with the idea that God has already been ahead and come back for me. He already knows what's coming out of that door. And even if it's bad news, it doesn't mean it's the wrong news. And I've had to work it that way in my mind because every time I go to Mayo, I, I get anxious, you know. And of course, I think God wants us to talk to him. And we, we ask, I'm always ask God, please, oh, please let it be good news this time. But I've changed my prayers to even if, even if it's news that I don't think I can handle, I know you know it's coming. Would you be strong for me? And mm-hmm. that what if to even if has been a really important part of changing how I view my life and, you know, keeping my anxiety um, under control. Mm-hmm. Well, that's bold. And when you look at God's word and you say, I will obey your word, whether yeah. I like it or not, <laughs> right. whether I understand it all or not, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I, I will spend my entire life studying God's word and yeah. learning more about it every day. Right. So what I'm going to learn today is something I didn't know a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I have to obey. Right. And then I have to get to a point where I say, Lord, whatever you bring into my life, mm-hmm. I have to be okay with whether I like it or not. Yeah. And, is and, that fair? Well, yeah. And you know, what's so beautiful is that God choosing to suffer with us. It means that even if, quote, the right path is a dark valley, it doesn't mean that God was emotionless about having us go through that. Mm-hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and, and dwells in us. It means that he is living our life with us. And so how how incredible and how bold of God to say, I, I'm not only going to die for you, but I'm going to live with you. And I'm going to take on the suffering of 
all of my children. Mm-hmm. And so I can't imagine how much pain God is in every day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and nobody wants their life to not go according to plan. Right. Everyone has an idea or a plan in their head, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And they want it to yes. basically go that way. And, and I had on the show years ago, uh, Johnny Erickson Tata, mm, and yeah. she said at 17, I broke my neck. Wow. And she's been motionless, really, in a wheelchair. And now mm-hmm. she's close to 70, or if not a little older. Wow. And can you imagine how many people prayed for her total healing? Yes. And that pr- those prayers were never answered, right? Uh, and that's what people, that's where we get scared. And if we really, if we really believe the lie that we have to do everything we can to avoid suffering, we will be busy doing that. Yeah. And we will not be able to win that. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, but again, I think that's where we go back to Jesus's example of, you know, if God told me he was coming to earth, I would picture being born in a palace and growing up as a teacher and living a long life and then dying a peace, you know, dying, of course, for us, but dying a very quick death. Mm-hmm. I would never have pictured being born in a stable, you know, like um, if I was Mary, I would say, God, you you knew I was pregnant, right? And you, you, you didn't give me a place well, to have this child. <laughs> I heard through Gabriel that I had favor with you. <laughs> right. You call this favor? Right. <laughs> I'm in a stable. Uh, you forgot to give me a place to have this child. Yeah. You know, and then for 30 years, he's a, he's a carpenter. We don't even know. I mean, he lives a very hard life, mm. very, very difficult, normal everyday Normal. life. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. Going to the ex- shop, dealing yeah. with customers. Going to the complaints. synagogue and listening to other people teach. <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then, and then taking on ministry for three years and being attacked by Satan, being hated by people yeah. multiple times. People were so mad. They wanted to kill him. His family, not understanding him. His friends were confused Yeah, and he was homeless. Homeless. Yeah. I mean, so how incredible that God decided I'm going to come to earth. I'm going to die for them. But I'm also, I mean, you go back to the dog analogy. It's like, I'm, I'm going to get injured all the way through this journey and then I'm going to give my life. Yeah. And um, wow. So if you're suffering and you're anxious and you're scared, your God understands you. Mm-hmm. He's lived it and he chooses to live it right now with you. That's really good. Janita Pace is my guest and we're talking about anxiety. Um, you're, I get under I understand completely the idea that you go to the hospital with a diagnosis that could be devastating to your family and to your husband and mm-hmm. to your future and yet you find a place in a way to say Lord you already know the outcome and the decision mm-hmm. and I can trust you with that. Yeah. I think sometimes we we pray and we are do are we not real specific as to what we want the outcome to be? Right. And we do that with good intention. Oh, yeah. And God wants us to come to him with that good intention. Absolutely. But sometimes it comes out differently. Mm -hmm. And I I think to myself, thy will be done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But man, that is so much, and I'm speaking for myself, so much easier said than done. Oh, trust me. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. And as a therapist, it's hard. I mean, I've been professionally trained and you know how to deal with anxiety and I still, oh my gosh. So my husband has his next May appointment, November 28th, and I'm already gearing myself, you know, working through these strategies to prepare myself. And with that concept that I don't have to have the answers and I don't have to prepare for the worst case scenario. I don't have to solve all the problems. I just have to go one moment at a time. Mm -hmm. And that's a piece of anxiety too. Anxiety will try to get you to run ahead of yourself, prepare for everything, 
when God, uh, what I don't like about Psalm 23, but it's there, is that a lamp unto our feet means God is giving us one little, you know, I want a beacon. I would like headlights. Yeah. I would like to see the whole path. <laughs> but yeah. giving us one, you know, and in his word saying, you know, each day has enough worry. Just take it one day at a time. Yeah, I don't like that, but I know that's... Yeah, there would be that's healthy. There'd be little candles on people's sandals, right? <laughs> little candles right. on their shoes. Right. I want to. So you can only see so far ahead. You can only see so far. Mm-hmm. And one day I was thinking about if I, because I, you know, I've been through a lot of different challenges in my life, and I thought about if if God sat me down when I was twenty and laid out all the things that was going to happen to me, I wouldn't have been able to handle that list. So I'm really grateful that we only get we get it one at a time, or we get it, you know. We don't have the outline of our life, and I think that's healthy in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. This one day at a time, mm-hmm. God gives us, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will have its own trouble, right? Yeah. So live in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where, too, it's it's it, part of my job as a therapist is to help Christians not feel shame when they do struggle with this. Because like I said, I think that's a normal response. And I love that God compares us to sheep. Sheep are designed as anxious yeah, not, animals. Not a compliment. So, no, but it's it's helpful for him to say, "See, you, I get you. This is what you experience. You're designed. You you don't know what's coming. You scare easy. I already know that. <laughs> so I'm not mad at you when you are scared because I know that's that's how you are. You know mm-hmm. how you are going through the world. So." Janita Pace is my guest. She's a, a licensed counselor. Janita, is, a question came in from a listener. Is there a connection between anxiety and addiction? Mm. You know, so I've actually gone through addiction too. Um, part of the reason that I had a suicide attempt back in 2001 was I was trying to cold turkey go off a substance I was using. And I couldn't handle my life at that point. And so for me and my story, the substances that I were using, I was trying to use those to counter anxiety. So my life was so difficult for me, but if I was using the substances I was using, then I felt like I could manage my anxiety better. And so I don't know what this listener is going through, but I will say that sometimes we use substances to try to navigate when we're afraid and use that as a buffer. That's how it has played out in my life. Pretty natural if you want to change the way you feel to reach Mm -hmm. for something. Yeah. And it's something that does satisfy will be something you'll want to return to mm-hmm. and then you might need a little bit more of it or mm-hmm. you'll find that you are returning to something that's not healthy. Yeah. And I'm going to be totally transparent. I still have to have accountability partners. I mean, I've been sober a long time, but I have, I know that when the pressure really gets high and my anxiety is really screaming at me, the easiest thing is to fall back into those patterns mm-hmm. And so I just want the listeners to understand um, it doesn't make you weak. It, it just makes you a normal sheep. <laughs> like you're just, you're looking for ways to navigate it. And that can be a quick answer in your mind. And Janita, when you say sober, you mean sobriety from the pills you were taking. Yeah. Do I have that right? Yeah, that's correct. Every time people hear, hear the word sober, they instantly think like alcohol. alcohol. Yeah. 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 For me, it wasn't alcohol. Um, but I try to be careful even with alcohol because I know that... Um, my anxiety is getting really loud. Yeah, those would be easier ways to to deal with it. Mm-hmm. If you have a question or comment, you can send it over on the text line. We're talking about anxiety 
And Janita Pace is my guest. You can learn more about her at 3riversmn.com. And that's spelled with uh, T-H-R-E-E, rivers, R-I-V-E-R-S-M-N.com. We'll take a break and we will be right back. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. If you're just joining the show, my guest is Janita Pace. We've been discussing anxiety. There's healthy anxiety and there's harmful anxiety. We talked about that in the first part of the hour. So if you missed any of it, I always uh, would suggest checking out the podcast. It's available at myfaithradio.com after the show. So Janita, I'm so relieved and happy to know that God will always go ahead of us. And I, I love that you have brought that up and reminded us of that. And I bet uh, you've got more to say about that. Yeah, I think for like I said, for me that is really that's really a key to to keeping myself from thinking I have to avoid suffering at all cost. And then like I said, a piece of that also being that I have to live a good enough life in order to make God happy. Cause sometimes I think Christians get those wires confused. And so then there's a ton of pressure and a ton of anxiety to perform. Cause if you don't perform, then maybe God's mad and then maybe bad things will happen. So freeing people from those two lies that it's not about being good enough and it's, you don't have to earn God's love and you don't have to, your, your life will have suffering, but you're not doing that alone. That doesn't mean it's easy. Mm-hmm. And I think um, one of my favorite stories that represents this is the Exodus story where if you know the story, the Israelites have this miraculous um miracle and they're freed from Egypt. And then God leads them to um, the edge of the Red Sea. And meanwhile, the Egyptians have gotten so mad, they're coming to just kill them all. And if I was an Israelite, I would have thought, why would you, you cornered us here? Like, this is not a good situation. The worst. It's the worst. Yeah. Like, this doesn't make any sense. It's the yeah. right path and the death, you know, the valley Mountains of death. on one side, yeah, why water you, in front. Why have you done this? Charging army behind. <laughs> right. Right. And, um, but he comes down and he guards, you know, he comes down as a protection between the Egyptians and the Israelites. Then he parts the sea, blows on it. Everybody through the night passes. Everybody gets through. Then he lifts up the protection and the Egyptians follow into the Red Sea. And if I was watching, I would have said, God, you forgot to close the door. (laughs) You're supposed to close the waters. They're coming. Mm -hmm. But he waits till they get in the middle then he takes all of the chariots apart and the Egyptians say, oh my gosh, the God of the universe is fighting for the Israelites. And then he closes the water. And I love that picture. That's the story I feel is my life is so many times when I feel like he's led me to the corner of the Red Sea. Why would you do this? Or God, you're not doing this right. I mean, this is when you're supposed to close up and protect me. And you think about how for me, my, my suicide attempt was in 2001 now we fast forward and I'm here 
And now, of course, I have a book and I'm counseling people and the story has kind of come to more of an understanding for me, but we're 22 years into this story and there's a lot of years to go. And so it's hard sometimes to understand where is this story going? And you think, you know, you think, okay, we've been freed from Egypt. Now, now we're, now we're free. Oh no, the Egyptians are coming because you let us into a trap, God. Oh good, the seas are opening. Now we get through the sea. Oh no, you didn't close the door. Now they're coming. <laughs> and, and so this constant story of thinking, you know where the story's going. The moments when it's so low and you think there's no point to this. And so sometimes I have to go back and write my story. And I realize sometimes I'm in the middle of getting trapped and I don't know where I'm going next. And having that faith that God, again, God has paid the ultimate price and he won't leave me now. And so even at the low points, I have to trust that the story's not done. And so having Christians being able to sit with that, that their story is not done. But that's hard to tell yourself when you're in the low points. Is it ever? Yeah, absolutely. What an important, important reminder though. Yeah, yeah. So the story doesn't end at a low point. You know, it continues. But I still have things that have happened to me even when I was a kid that I haven't figured out yet. I'm still working through that. And so like I how the Etch-a-Sketch works or something? <laughs> I mean, what are, because I don't know how that works either. Yeah, what is up with that toy? Know, that toy just made me mad. That and light bright. How am I supposed to keep those hey, black things together? Thank and, you. Thank you. Thank you. So I it's understand. It's just an anomaly. I don't understand how yeah, that works. Yeah. We're just trying to sell more because they're, you know. You're so ruin. can you give us a sample of what was going on as a, a, a kid that you are still working with? Yeah. Um, so I I had an incident in when I was in elementary school and um, I was assaulted as a kid. And um, that has haunted me ever since. And I, I'm still working through that, trying to understand what, what that was about. And... Um, I'm not putting pressure on myself to come up with a meaning today. I still hurt from it and I still have anxiety about it. But again, walking through those concepts that um, I might still be at a low point in that story, but having the hope that the story's not done. I can imagine that you have processed this with counselors. Mm-hmm. Yep. And did you hear things that were helpful? Or Yeah. So, so you know, one of the concepts is... Um, is for me again is um it's simple it sounds simple and it's hard to do but staying in the present moment that you're in and and allowing that it it's difficult right now but that doesn't mean it's difficult forever and taking that one step at a time and accepting the fact that right now I don't understand it it's so hard to do but if i have to have answers to my suffering now it will make me upset and anxious and allowing that to play out in my life. And then sometimes I have literal panic attacks and my body is revolting against my, you know, it, I'm having a panic attack. And so even using tools to soothe my body. And so when I start to feel, re- you know, panicked, um, I hold an ice pack <laughs> and the temperature change is really important for my body to be able to focus on that and ground itself. So even when anxiety takes on a physical manifestation, there's ways that I can use things like temperature, or music in order to get my body back into this moment now mm-hmm. because anxiety wants you to run ahead. It wants you to run ahead and try to figure it all out before you get there. Mm-hmm. Does your anxiety ever produce uh, temper, anger, anything destructive in that area? Absolutely. So, <laughs> Yeah, anger. And I think anger again for me is trying to, do, you know, you, again, if you think about this 
in a physical term, my brain wants to run ahead, get the answers and come back so that whatever happens next, I know. Okay. And angry if I can't figure that out. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I need to know. And so, I mean, my family has really been patient with me as I have worked through this of, um, yeah. Might, might you be loud and, and yelling around the Absolutely. house? Really? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh gosh. You can crank yeah. it out, huh? You can turn up the volume? I can even say a few words that you should never say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's a, it's, um, but again, um, for me holding an ice pack, taking a hot bath, going outside when it's cold in Minnesota can kind of, my body can help me ground. It's called grounding ground to this moment. Janita, you can't run ahead. You, you don't know. So mm-hmm. you need to stay here right now. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting physiological change mm-hmm. that you, you go through. Yeah. And it sounds like it helps. It does. It yeah. does. Because again, you have to think about it. If your mind has already run ahead and you've gone from you missed the guitar lesson to we're all homeless, <laughs> <laughs> the train has left the station. Yeah. It so has. at that point, you can't talk yourself out. You can use your body to bring yourself back to the station. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just start over. Mm-hmm. All right, let's start looking down the end of our interview road. Um, so I want to talk about some things that m- listeners can take away from mm-hmm. this discussion about anxiety because it's a really big topic. Yeah. And I just want to try to get it down into some bite-sized pieces. Mm-hmm. For sure. And so so- I, I think if we go back to the, the healthy and harmful, I know there's been a lot of people who have joined the program since we started because they <laughs> yeah. get in their car, you know, yeah. half past the hour and they go... Right. Oh, Healthy and and harmful. So maybe just a little walk away on that topic. Sure. And I experienced both. So healthy anxiety is when you're having your body and your mind are trying to warn you that you're doing too much. And so for me, it's interesting because I'm a therapist. So I take notes and I talk for my job. When I have a panic attack, I can't speak well and my hands curl up. So my body takes out the two things I need in order to do my job. Wow. So it's my body's way of saying enough, like you're done. And so making sure that write out your schedule, look at the pressures you're under and maybe your anxiety is actually the red flag Mm -hmm. trying to stop you. Okay. But if you're seeing symptoms like you're having an out of proportion response to something, um, or, you know, you worry about something and you can't shake it, or you're always going ahead to the worst case scenario, you're trying to prepare for everything that might happen. That's bad. That's not a healthy type of anxiety. And it can manifest in stomach aches, fatigue, trembling, anger. Mm-hmm. And so you can see those kind of symptoms growing as you get in, you know, anxiety that's out of control. All right. So as we uh, are reminded that, that God is in control and that he is the good shepherd, um, and we need to realize that he is protecting us, watching over us, mm-hmm. and we can place our confidence in that. Yeah, and it's not easy to do, but like I said, if if your anxiety wants to run you down the road and make you answer all the questions of what to do if something happens, mm-hmm. go back to even if. So not what if, but even if. Mm-hmm. Even if the worst case is coming, he he's seen it coming, and you might think, oh my gosh, what are you doing? But he's seen it coming, and he knows what's going to happen next. And I talk about that in my book, The Healing Names of Jesus, um, there's a number of names in there and chapters that walk through how to deal with anxiety when it gets out of control. But the even if concept has been really important for me, especially going through my husband's medical problems. Mm-hmm. And when anxiety does get out of control, um, how long before it gets to be so harmful that something has to take 
something has to happen. As far as like how long, like how many days or how many? Yeah. I mean, if you have a big dose of anxiety and mm-hmm. it's still around a week later, or, or what, what, yeah. what is your counsel to someone in that situation? Yeah, honestly, I, obviously I'm a big fan of therapy, <laughs> but I, I would tell anyone who's wondering, is this anxiety normal? I would consult with a therapist, okay. even if it's not clinical. We all need someone to talk to. We all need someone to give us tools. And so um, I would say always have someone that you can navigate it with. Yeah, that's awesome. Jeannie, I appreciate your, your story, your vulnerability. And I know that there's a lot of people that learn something about anxiety today. And because we all deal with it at some point and most everyone has it. So mm-hmm. it's giving us a lot to think about. Oh, well, I'm I'm really glad to be here. And Isaiah 43, one says, don't be afraid for I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. I hope that, you know, listeners walk away knowing they're not orphans. They belong to somebody and that somebody's already gone ahead. That's awesome. You can learn more about Janita Pace at 3riversmn.com. And you can also learn about her book at the very same website. And the name of her book is The Healing Names of Jesus, Find Freedom from Depression and Anxiety. So we're going to take a little break and then we've got hour two just ahead. We're... um, Uh, awfully glad that you have joined me today. And I just want to remind you that uh, if you are wanting prayer, we are always wanting to pray for you, especially if you have anxiety. We would love to know what what it is we can do to pray for you. You can send that prayer request over at 877-933-2484. We check it every day because we care about you and we love you and we want you to know that we're here for you. All right, we'll take a break and we'll be right back with hour two. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at myfaithradio.com.